This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Hey there, Buccaneer fans, and welcome into the latest edition of our Nothing But Bucks podcast. I am your somewhat capable host, fresh back from the ATL, Atlanta, Georgia, NFC South rival Atlanta Falcons. Mercedes-Benz Stadium was the site on Sunday of the latest Buccaneer tussle with the Falcons, and once again, Atlanta able to come away with a win over our Tampa Bay Buccaneers, doing so 34-29 in a game that had a bunch of crazy plays. It really had a little bit of everything throughout the game. Big plays, some defense here and there, excitement, even some controversy near the end of the game, including uh, the Buccaneers' very final play. I mean, Sunday, yet another example of life and sports and just reality. It is never over until it is over. And the Buccaneers, down by five, got inside the plus territory of the Falcons, got inside the 20-yard line without a timeout, actually the 21-yard line, and had a couple of cracks at it, including the final play of the game, where we'll get into this more on nothing but Bucks in a little bit. They had a designed play on where they are trying to make something happen on the sideline with laddering the ball, something that they practice and they work on. So more on that later on the finish to the game. But it writes as a loss. It's a third consecutive loss for the Bucks, dropping them to two and three on the season. The Falcons have now won four straight times in the rivalry. And look, we knew Atlanta would be desperate coming into this game because they were 1-4 and four off of a loss to Pittsburgh, having already been beaten at home by the Bengals, beaten at home by the rival Saints in the NFC South in an overtime game. They were desperate, Atlanta. Matt Ryan and company, they're banged up. No Devontae Freeman playing. Uh, injuries in their secondary to Keanu Neal, uh, a former number one pick for them at, at safety and a, and a couple of other injuries as well. I mean, they're, they're banged up badly in the Atlanta secondary so this was really an October must win for them that was the atmosphere that was the backdrop for this matchup on Sunday so let me set the table for you we're going to take a look back at the highlights from this game here as we always do on nothing but bucks I know we didn't have a show last week because it was the bye week but now from here on out right after the game is done on Mondays you'll have nothing but bucks recapping all the highlights from Buccaneers radio with Gene and Dave and myself on the call and then some post-game interviews as well from our Hooters post-game show on the Buccaneers radio network you'll get to hear from Jameis Winston about the way he played the crazy final play Adam Humphreys Levante David coach Dirk Cutter all of those interviews still coming up here on nothing but bucks so again uh tampa bay battled showed a lot of heart you don't get any uh, points for a moral victory you don't get a win you don't get to add up all the moral victories and have them equal a win at the end of the year but i do think unlike what we saw at soldier field where they were just blown away by mitch trubisky and the bears this had the possibility of that happening i mean after that opening touchdown drive where you're on the board and you quieted the crowd, Atlanta scored three straight times with the ball. Boom, boom, boom. This game could have, could have become a runaway like the Chicago game did. It did not become a runaway because of the pride on that Buck defense and the fact that they buckled down and as the game went on, got some stops and kept the offense uh, out on the field with a chance to go and score and get back in the game, and they did. And it was complimentary football as the game went along. Uh, just in the end, give credit to Matt Ryan, to Julio Jones, to the Atlanta Falcons, and even a former Buccaneer, 43-year-old Matt Bryant, booting one heck of a field goal, which we'll get to coming up here 
uh, as we go along. All right, so with all of that said, let's get to the highlights. Jameis Winston back in the starting lineup for the first time since his suspension. Yes, he played in the second half of the game with the Bears before the bye week. But in this case, Jameis getting the opportunity to go out and perform for the first time as a starter. Had a full two weeks to prepare with the bye week. Got out there, and, and look, the Bucks look sharp on the opening drive. Peyton Barber running it, and then you're able to find uh, a couple of receivers down the field, including Mike Evans with a completion, and then eventually Tampa Bay in the end zone on the opening drive. Third down and eight. Shotgun formation. Quiz Rogers in the backfield. Here's the snap. Pressure coming. Looks upfield. Throws a fade route. Far sideline. It is a caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Flag thrown on the play, a catch in the end zone by Cameron Brait, and the Buccaneers have scored on the opening drive. Three minutes, 24 seconds off the clock, eight plays, 75 yards. There's that connection again. Jameis Winston to Cameron Brait. How many times has Gene called that on Buccaneers Radio over the course of the last four seasons of both of their careers since Jameis came to the Bucs in 2015, especially in the red zone? He loves finding Cameron Brait. 15-yard touchdown. And the Bucks led 6-0. Unfortunately, a missed extra point for Chandler Canton-0. And he is a quality kicker that has made a lot of big kicks. I will say this, though, on the podcast. you got to stop missing extra points because he has done that now a couple of times uh, this season. Not just the short field goals, but you got to make the extra points. And that would become big for later on with strategy and going for two and having to have points at the end of the game. you got to make your kicks. And it's not just the Buccaneers. There are a lot of teams that have struggled to make kicks, makeable kicks, and extra points. But we only care here on Nothing But Bucks about the Bucks. And Chandler Canton Zero does some great things with kicking off and has a strong leg, but you got to make the extra points. So it's only 6 nothing at that point. And then the Falcons march right back down the field and got on their roll here. 75 yards for them. It's capped off here. Here's an end around fake and going for the left side of the court ball at the 15-yard line. To the 10, to the 5, to the 3, to the 1. It is a Falcon touchdown, Muhammad Sanu. So Ryan uses all of his weapons, his tight end, three receivers. They run the ball just once, and they go 75 yards to match the Bucks. Yeah, that's Muhammad Sanu answering with a 35-yard touchdown from Matt Ryan, and Atlanta kicks their extra point to take the 7-6 lead. And the Falcons, again, just continued to make things happen. They forced the Buccaneers to punt. They drive 86 yards on this drive, and Ito Smith, a young running back, capped it off. Ryan takes the snap, hands the ball off. They'll run the ball up the gut. First to the 10-5, 3-2-1, touchdown, Ito Smith. And for Ito Smith, his third touchdown of his rookie season. Quick hitter off left guard. Smith's 14-yard touchdown run made it 14-6. Eventually, Matt Bryant, or Matt uh, Matt Bryant kicked the extra point. Matt Ryan hit Austin Hooper with another touchdown, capturing uh, yet another scoring drive, capping it off. Seven plays, 58 yards, and it's 21-6. And you're looking again at the Buccaneers sideline. I'm right down there on the sideline on Buccaneers radio. You're looking at body language. You're wondering... Has the avalanche started here again? Just like Chicago in the first half that became 38-3, that's now 21 straight points for the Atlanta Falcons to make the game 21-6. And this is where the Bucs showed you something, and Jameis Winston showed you something, rallying the team in the final couple of minutes to get down the field and get in position to do this. From the 9-yard line, 10-yard line it is, second down and 5. Here's the snap, Winston looking, 
Dumps it off. Caught ball. Inside the Watash. Now Tampa Bay. O.J. Howard makes a great grab with a defender hanging on him. And the Buccaneers get a touchdown. Just what we needed in the closing 30 seconds of this first half. Yeah, I love seeing O.J. Howard, who, uh, again, there were questions about injuries for a couple of guys that were able to actually go and play in the game. Howard was one of those. O.J. suffering a knee sprain in the Chicago game. There had been a report or two out there that he may not be able to play in this game after the bye week. Uh, He was out there. 10-yard touchdown catch. Extra point good this time. You're right in the game now at this point at 21-13. I I know uh, everybody is disappointed. I know there are a lot of people uh, right now that are shaking their head at the pass defense, the lack of a pass rush. And and I know Atlanta was able to put a drive together at the end of the half and go get three more points. And, And... Once more, all the points mattered in this game down to the very end on whether it's tied, do you need a field goal or not, with the field goal tie, with the field goal win. So Atlanta getting that three on a seven-play drive, or actually a four-play drive at the end of the first half. Matt Bryant kicks the 45-yard field goal. That's big for later on. you still got a whole half of football to go, but those three points were large points at the very end of this situation. All right, so 24 13 Atlanta leads uh, going uh, to the locker room and, and coming out of the locker room. I talked with Coach Dirk Cutter about, hey, what do you do differently defensively? He said, we got to get off the field on third down. We're giving them too many third down conversions, giving up too many big plays without the uh, the pass rush being able to get through. So the Falcons were getting the ball to start the second half, and this time the pass rush did begin to get through, including this moment here for a guy that's been delivering game after game, Jason Pierre-Paul. Here's the five, def- five defensive backs, a couple of linebackers, threatening a blitz. Here's the snap to Ryan, dropping. We run a stunt, and Ryan goes down for the first time. He's sacked to the 22. JPP, we ran a nice stunt. JPP gets the quarterback sack on third down. How about that? Five sacks now for Pierre Paul. Yeah, JPP on the sack, and uh, it helps force a punt. Again, Atlanta being stymied by the Buccaneer defense in the third quarter in particular, where the Falcons were held scoreless. Buccaneers got the ball, got a field goal from Chandler Canton Zero to cap off a seven-play 43-yard drive. So now the game is 24-16, moving into the fourth quarter. Again, all of these highlights from Buccaneers Radio with Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore on the call. And this game moved into the fourth period of play and really was anybody's ball game. And the Bucks moved the ball efficiently. Again, seven plays, 85 yards. Peyton Barber running strong on this drive. And eventually Winston would find a third different receiver for a touchdown here. High formation behind Winston. O.J. Howard in motion. Peyton Barber is the eye back. Play action fake sold by Winston. Pass. It's caught. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Great throw by Winston to Chris Godwin. And the Buccaneers score a touchdown from eight yards away. And with 11.34 to go in the fourth quarter, it's 24-22. Nine-yard score to Chris Godwin. And the Buccaneers within two at 24-22. Here we go back to what I was discussing a few minutes ago on Nothing But Bucks. Because you had missed that extra point earlier, Instead of the game being 24 to 23 and you kick an extra point to tie it at 24 apiece, it's 24-22. Dirk Cutter looks at the play card that says go for two. There's 11 and a half minutes left. They go for two. Buccaneers unable to complete the pass on the two-point conversion. So now instead of kicking two extra points and having the game tied, you don't get the two-point conversion. You're down by two. That would be significant for later on in the game. 
Now, what was also significant is finally Atlanta started moving the ball, and the Falcons uh, finally put a drive together, 10 plays, 75 yards. Matt Ryan finding Julio Jones. Uh, Again, he's been a real Buccaneer killer over the years, and Jones had 10 more catches, 143 yards, did not have a touchdown, but had a couple of big catches, especially on this drive. Put them in position inside the 10-yard line, Atlanta, leading 24-22, and they get the touchdown here. Play action fake. Rolling is the the pass toward the end zone. Caught ball at the five. Touchdown, Atlanta Falcons' Tevin Coleman. Well, that's the wheel route that burned us in Chicago two weeks ago. That's just a flat to Coleman, but there was some confusion on the shift. And that play was just tough to the running back, Tevin Coleman. Buccaneers couldn't get it covered out in the flat. Falcons now uh, exhale the crowd in Mercedes-Benz Stadium going crazy. They had the roof open on Sunday. They didn't have the roof closed for it to be a dome environment, but they were going bonkers. Nine-point lead with the extra point good. Again, the missed extra point, the missed two-point conversion. Instead of being down by eight or being down only by seven for a touchdown and an extra point could tie it, you now knew you would need two scores if you're the Buccaneers, a touchdown and a field goal at least, to be able to catch the Falcons down by nine. Buccaneers undaunted. And again, Jameis Winston looking good, looking composed, moves the ball down the field uh, on a couple of big completions uh, in this instance to get the Bucs into scoring range in the fourth quarter on this drive. Winston completing one uh, over the middle to Peyton Barber for seven yards. Finds Chris Godwin on a third down for seven more yards. Finds Godwin again for 14 yards. Finds O.J. Howard for 15 yards down to the five-yard line. You're now under four minutes to go. And then Jameis is looking from the five-yard line in the air again. From the five-yard line, Buccaneers shotgun. We have 352 left, trailing 31-22. Winston takes the snap out of the gun, looking left. Now back to his right. Dumps it on the middle. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Wide open, Peyton Barber. And the Buccaneers narrow the gap. It's 31-28. Five-yard touchdown throw. Winston has four in the game. Peyton Barber hangs on to that one, gets into the end zone. A receiving touchdown for Barber. That's the first touchdown he had since going back to the Atlanta game a year ago when he had a couple of them at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Something about him, and he's a Georgia kid that played at Auburn. He loves the the Atlanta area, I guess, and he gets the score uh, there. And again, the Bucs, in this case, elect to kick the extra point because there's no difference here in being down by two or being down by one. Either way, you're going to have to have a field goal to win the game. So you don't want to go for two and miss where a field goal would only tie it. So you kick the extra point. You're only down by two, 31-29 in favor of the Falcons. And then Atlanta has one last opportunity to try to kill the clock. At the end of this game, Atlanta gets the ball after the touchback. And again, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones for 18 yards gives them a first down right away. But then the Buccaneer defense really bucked up right near midfield with the Falcons trying to maybe move into field goal range. Uh, Tevin Coleman stopped for a two-yard loss. Buccaneers take one of their three timeouts. Second and 12 play, Ryan hits uh, Edo Smith with a little pass. Buccaneers stop him on a four-yard gain, take their second timeout. Now it's third and eight from the 45-yard line. The pass goes to Austin Hooper in this instance, and this was a bit of a controversial moment. It looked like Hooper may have been short of the line to gain down at the 37-yard line. The officials look at it for a second and elect to say it is a first down. And in all of that, Dirk Cutter took his final timeout. 
actually could have challenged the play had he wanted to. He had a timeout left. Instead, they took the timeout, and the rule is once you take the timeout, you cannot then decide to challenge it. And I know uh, Coach Cutter had the headset off. He was saying to Walt Coleman, we want you to look at it. They were saying you had to challenge it. It's not something that the booth review is uh, in effect at under two minutes. It's a coach's challenge. So instead, Hooper is granted the first down, new set of downs for Atlanta, and now the Bucks are in trouble because they have no timeouts left. They did have the two-minute warning. There's 3.04 to go in the game. So Ito Smith is tackled for a one-yard loss. Then Ryan completes to Justin Hardy just short of the first down marker on the completion at the 39-yard line in that instance. Uh, and then the two-minute warning hits. So now the game is on the line with a third down play because if Atlanta gets a first down, they can now kneel on the ball with the Bucks out of timeouts and win the game. But the Bucks defense does a great job in stuffing Tevin Coleman. Vinny Curry led the way, a host of Buccaneer tacklers. It's now fourth and two. And what does Atlanta do? They let the clock roll uh, all the way down here. And, uh, and now try to figure out, do we want to take the field goal? Do we want to try to punt? Do we want to go for it? So the Falcons line up and kick a 57-yard field goal. That's a former Buccaneers we've been mentioning, Matt Bryan, who made at one point a 62-yard winning field goal for the Bucs. Here he is at 43 years of age trotting on the field. A great second-guessers moment. Falcons going for the field goal. Here's how it sounded. A minute 16, here's the snap, we go for the block, can't get to it, the kick is long enough, it is long enough, it is long enough, and it is good! Matt Bryant makes it a five-point ball game, that takes away your field goal, you've got to score a touchdown now, Bryant with a 57-yard field goal. Yeah, 57 yards, and Bryant even hurt his hamstring on the play, so... Uh, credit Atlanta for getting into scoring range, credit Bryant for being able to make the kick. Again, if he had missed the kick, if, 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 the Bucks would have had the ball at their own 47-yard line with a minute left, a little over a minute left, no timeouts, but only needing a field goal. The game would have been 31-29. A field goal would have won the game. What an enormous gutsy call by Dan Quinn, the Atlanta coach. What a clutch kick. Huge kick from Matt Bryant. And now the Bucks knew they needed a touchdown without a timeout up on the board. But undaunted, Atlanta kicks off. Then the Buccaneers go for uh, the opportunity to go down the field and score without a timeout remaining and are able to get a couple of completions. One of them to Deshaun Jackson for 18 yards. There's a penalty actually on the play that stopped the clock. Winston then hit Mike Evans for 18 yards. And with the clock rolling, the Buccaneers elected not to clock it on first down. They line up. They run a play. They get the ball to Adam Humphreys for 19 yards. Now with the clock rolling under under 20, under 18, they run to the line of scrimmage to the Buccaneers, get everybody set, because keep in mind, no timeouts left. If you commit a penalty with the clock running, it's a 10-second runoff. So everybody got set. Winston spiked the ball. There's now 12 seconds left in the game here at the very end. And Tampa Bay really with two plays left from the Atlanta 21-yard line to try to make something happen. And, and look, I'll stop right here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast and say, second-guessers delight for the Falcons on what do you do? Do you go for it? Do you punt? Do you kick the field goal? Now it's a second-guessers delight for the Bucks. What do you do with one, for sure, maybe two plays left here? No timeouts left. You have to have a touchdown. Do you throw jump ball in the end zone? Do you try to throw something uh, down the sideline, maybe even short of the goal line to make it closer for the final play of the game? Buccaneers end up trying to complete one to Deshaun Jackson, and Jameis Winston ends up having to fire the ball out of bounds incomplete. I was right down on that near sideline, the Bucs sideline, and Jackson was clearly being held, 
and the flag could have been thrown for defensive holding to move things up five more yards and have the ball at the 16 instead of the 21. So here you go with the final play, and what do you do? Do you lob the ball to the end zone? The Falcons certainly thought so. They had Julio Jones waiting in deep safety. The big the big wide receiver, the big 6'4", six, 6'5", six, wide receivers waiting in deep safety uh, for the Bucs to try to lob it to Mike Evans or O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait down in the end zone. Tampa Bay instead elects here to run a play that they have been practicing. More on this coming up with the interviews, but here's the way the final play sounded with Gene and Dave on Bucks Radio. They got three back at the goal line. Julio Jones is back there. Here's Wentz. He's got to run the ball. Jameis runs up the gut. He's got to get it inside. Shovels the ball. It's a fumble behind a lateral with the ball dropped again. And a lateral back to Deshaun Jackson. He loses the ball out of bounds. And that's the ball game. A little razzle-dazzle. The Bucks get close, but not enough. And Tampa Bay loses for the fourth in a row to the Atlanta Falcons. A division loss on the road here in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Final score, 34-29. Again, unable to get the ball lateral to Deshaun Jackson, who, again, I was right there on that sideline. Jackson had a little bit of an alley. If Mike Evans, who's whirling around and flipping the ball to him all in one motion, can get the ball up high enough to Deshaun where he can grab it and take off for the corner, there's only one Falcon, DeMonte Kazee, number 27, the defensive back, who's really on the end of their pile that could have come over and maybe cut Jackson off before he got to the inside corner. And I I would have put that foot race for Kazee at maybe 5% to get over there with the angle and cut him off. It's probably 95% if Deshaun Jackson comes up with that ball cleanly that he's going to outrace Kazee and be in the end zone. And what a crazy end that would have been to the game. It would have been game over. At that point, 35-34, Buccaneers leading. You would have had the extra point coming where the Falcons could have maybe returned to block, but what what a crazy way the game could have ended. It did end on a crazy way with the Falcons getting the stop, the Buccaneers unable with the backwards passes, the laterals to get in the end zone, and the game finishes Atlanta 34 and Tampa Bay 29. And when it was done, we were inside the Buccaneers locker room, a quiet locker room as you can imagine at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Hard-fought game. It's a loss nonetheless. It's a third straight loss, and these guys are all good to come on with me fairly quickly on the Hooters postgame show. Here first was Jameis Winston, who finished on the day with 398 yards passing and four touchdowns as I talked to him immediately afterwards. Well, a tough one here, 34-29, and Jameis Winston stands here with us. Let's begin with the end of the game and driving to get into scoring position. How were you guys able to move into position to have a chance to win? Uh, some good play calls. Uh, guys made some great plays uh, to give, our, give ourselves a chance. You had basically one play with seven seconds left. Just describe what you did on that play, what you were trying to do. Well, we prepare for that a lot. Uh, the main thing is, is don't get tackled with the ball in your hand. So uh, give everybody a chance by uh, either, either laddering it or uh, just you can't go down with the ball in your hands. That's all. Without revealing all of it, do you have options to go to either side on that and it's up to you to read where is the defense standing? Absolutely. It's the main thing about that play is you cannot get tackled with the ball in your hands. Uh, we had a good chance there. Uh, it just didn't turn out how we wanted Okay, this team got back in the game after being down 21-6 late in the first half. You did some things well on offense. Why were you able to have the success you had after being down significantly in the first half, Jameis? Well, you know, I just was, uh, I had to play better. Um, I had two early uh, turnovers that hurt us, uh, definitely. So uh, I had to bounce back and play better, and the guys had my back, and we played well. 
What, if anything, was being said as, as they were trying to kick the field goal? If anything had to be said on the final drive, was there any discussion? Well, we just knew we had to get, give ourselves a chance. Defense gave us a great chance. They battled hard all day long, got some key stops. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't win, but the ball literally just didn't bounce our way. Adam Humphreys was part of Jameis Winston's throwing success, very nearly got in the end zone there in the third quarter on the long catch and run just before Jameis's interception on the pass trying to find Chris Godwin in the back of the end zone. Humphreys was also there for that crazy final play of the game, and I had the chance to speak with him on our Hooters postgame show. Adam Humphreys stands here with me. Let's begin again, as I said with Jameis with the end of the game. First of all, how did you guys get into scoring range to even have a chance to get a touchdown and win? You know, just taking what the defense gave us, uh, completing passes. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get out of bounds on, on any of those, so we had to hurry up and, uh, you know, get to the ball with, with no timeouts. So it was good to move the ball down the field and, you know, give ourselves a chance. Okay, so as Jameis was just saying, there is some design to that final play. You're involved in that final play. Pick up what you're seeing there and what you guys were trying to do around the five-yard line. Yeah, you know, we uh, they were in kind of like a, a sticks, you know, coverage, you know, lined up on the goal line. And, um, you know, there's trying to guard the, the, the out of bounds, not trying to keep us inbounds to keep the clock going. So ran a little draw play and uh, got a lot of options to pitch it back. And really just the goal is to try to keep the ball alive and, um, you know, just try to score on, a, you know, a kind of crazy play. But um, there's a lot of options to pitch it back. And, um had a chance. Are you aware in that moment of who was around you or who was behind you? Were you conscious of who was around you? Um, in that moment, you know, I'm just trying to stay in pitch relationship with Jameis and um, just trying to, uh, uh, you know, just keep that relationship. And if he ends up pitching it back, you know, I, I can be there for it. But um, ended up getting on the ground and being kind of hard to handle. I know it stinks to lose, but you guys battled back after being down 21 to 6. How was the offense able to have the success it had as this game went on? Just doing what we do. Um, Taking what the defense gave us, um, you know, moving the ball downfield. You know, Peyton did a great job running the ball today, O-line protecting and um, just making plays down the field. So, um, you know, second half, I think the offense, um, we're pretty proud of ourselves for moving the ball down the field into the red zone, but um, got to get touchdowns when we get in there. Adam, thank you. Thanks. Again, it is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. A reminder, whether you found us through the Buccaneers mobile app or on the website, subscribe via iTunes and Google Play to the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Just search for it in iTunes or in Google Play. And whenever there is a brand new podcast that pops up on Monday, it'll come automatically to your phone, your iPad, your device. So make sure that you subscribe. We're going through the post-game interviews after the Falcons. Up in the Buccaneers in a wild game, a tremendous, uh, hard-fought offensive game. 34-29 is the final. And a a defensive player that I wanted to talk to, and he's always so good to talk with me on on Buccaneers radio, even after defeats. Class act, heck of a football player. Six tackles on the day, a couple of big ones, including a pass breakup late in the game from Levante David. And here he was after this one was over Sunday. You guys battled hard and hung in there in this football game. How did you get back in the game as a team, especially in the fourth quarter? Uh, you know, personally, I feel like it shouldn't be like, been like that in the beginning. You know, we got to find a way to start faster. You know, um, every time, you know, um, we didn't make no no big adjustment in the second half. We just came out and executed. That's the main thing. We just got to come out and execute better, basically, first half. They didn't do anything that we didn't see on film. We just got to execute better, you know, uh, can't can't have slow starts like that and try to 
try to pick it up at the end and then put ourselves in a situation like that. What was better, especially on third down later on in the game and in the second half? You got getting off the field. What were you able to do against Matt Ryan? Execution. Wasn't no different. Like I said, wasn't no adjustments. Wasn't no big adjustments. We knew what was coming. Just got to execute better. That's the main thing. You know, first half, we got them in all the situations we wanted, man. Third and long, third and long, third and long. And it was they was converting because we wasn't executing defensively. So, um, you know, in the second half, same thing. We executed and we was able to get off the field on third down. We just got to find a way to, you know, we just got to start better, man. Start uh, playing better football throughout the whole game instead of up and down. From a strategy standpoint, you stopped them on third down late in the game in the final minute and a half. Did it surprise you? Did you think maybe for a second they might try to go for it, get the first down, and try to kill the clock? I thought they would. I thought they would. But obviously, you know, Matt Bryan is a great kicker. He's been in this league for a long time, been a clutch kicker, and uh, he put the game in his hands. And, um, you know, that's what happened. You know, it was a, want to say a 56, 57 yard field goal, um, and he was able to make it. What does this team take from this game? I know losing stinks, but you battled back. What do you take from this game to apply moving forward? I give you credit to Atlanta Falcons. Played a great football game. You know, uh, we just got to find a better way to start better. And uh, got to be able to play the way we played in the second half at the beginning. You know, play it, find a way to be consistent throughout the whole football game. And that's our issue right now and uh, something we got to fix. And then as we customarily do, I got a chance to wrap things up speaking with head coach Dirk Cutter on uh, on this game on the on the crazy final play of the finish how the bucks were able to battle back the uh, the strategy of the falcons on their final drive would they kick the field goal would they go for it would they punt to pin the bucks deep they elected to kick the field goal we discussed all of those things after the game uh here as part of our post-game coverage on buccaneers radio what a battle in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 34-29, Atlanta hangs on on the final play of the game to win. The head coach, Dirk Cutter, is standing here. Um, let's begin with a positive. You fought as, a, as an entire team, but particularly as an offense, to get back in it. What worked, what clicked to get back in the game and give yourself a chance to win this game? Well, I, I, think, I think our whole team fought, and the way we got back in the game is in the second half. We're down 11 points, and our defense comes out and stops them. You know, we, just two drives, we could have been up three if we just finished drives in the red zone. And, you know, on the, that's where stats can lie to you. On the day we were four for six in the red zone, uh, four for six, but those, those two times we didn't, there's 11 points right there. That's 11 points we left out there. So, you know, we did a much better job of getting off the field on third down. Like I told you at halftime, we did much better at that in the second half. Uh, We've got good skilled players on offense, and, and we ran the ball better today. I thought Peyton Barber really ran hard today. Uh, but, you know, bottom line is we're still – everybody in the NFL is good, and, you know, we're just not making enough plays to win. We got we got We can't wait till the second half to start getting off the field on third down, and offensively we got to make all the plays. We get first and goal on the two, we got to punch it in. Let's go back to the end of the game. I was just talking with Levante David a couple of moments ago. Second guessers delight, strategy all the way. Did it surprise you a bit that Atlanta didn't try to go on fourth down and maybe get the first down and kill the clock? Uh, you know, anything could have happened there. They elect to kick the field goal. Field goal might be good or not. What about the end sequence there? Were you guys preparing for the possibility of a fourth down play? Well, they had three options there, right? They had three options. Uh, they could punt it, try to pin us back. They could go for it, which if they get it, the game's over. If they don't get it, we get the ball there. Uh, probably the one I suspected the least was that they were going to try a 57-yard field goal. I told I told Coach Quinn after the game that that's a that's a ballsy move by him, and 
you know, I've seen Matt Bryant make that kick before, 57-yarder. And what that did, if they miss, we got great field position, field goal to win. He makes it. Now we got to go 80 yards and get a touchdown instead of a field goal. And you see, we got in field goal range, but that, that wasn't going to get it done. So uh, I, I got to tip my hat to Coach Quinn for, for making the call and for Matt, to Matt Bryant for making the kick. He got injured on the kick, on making the kick. I don't know if you saw that as well. So they, they get the field goal. You're able to move the ball on a completion to Mike Evans, another completion uh, to Adam Humphreys, and get the clock stopped. You basically now have two plays without a timeout. As Jameis Winston and Adam Humphreys both said to us just a moment ago, that's a compressed field with seven or eight guys dropping back. What was the challenge? Obviously there, because you know you have to get in the end zone. Well, you basically got two plays left. You got two plays left on first down. We ran a play with four guys going to the end zone and, and one guy standing by the sideline in case we could hit him to get out of bounds. Uh, Jameis kind of had to scramble around there and ended up throwing it away. On the next play, we went to a, a play that we practice as a game ending play uh, where Jameis runs a quarterback, op, a quarterback draw and has options to, to uh, lateral it or throw it to the sideline. I mean, it's just one play from the 20 yard line. There's, I mean, uh, there's not a, there's not a lot of great options available out there. I mean, uh, of course you can always just throw it up, but uh, you know, I think uh, I'm happy with the play that we called, but it's just, it's, it's a low percentage, no matter how you slice it. You did get down inside the 10, almost down around the five yard line with a chance at it. Uh, Jameis Winston, I know you've not seen coaches tape, but he throws for nearly 400 yards and four touchdowns today in his first start back for this season. Just assess what you saw from your vantage point. Jameis did a lot of things really well today. Uh, I mean, he makes all the throws. He, he runs a team great. He competes. We were in a lot of no huddle today. Uh, but, you know, there's two balls you want to have back. I mean, we, uh, we lose the turnover battle two to zero. And, uh, you know, one of those is in the red zone. One of them's a, a deep one to Deshaun. It's just uh, turnovers. Turnovers are going are gonna to hurt. But Jameis, for the most part, played really well. So that's how we left things at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday with the Falcons getting the win. And now we come to Monday and change in the air at One Buck Place. Change specifically at defensive coordinator where longtime defensive coordinator and head coach Mike Smith relieved of his duties as defensive coordinator after this defeat at the hands of the Falcons, a third straight defeat with the Buccaneer defense struggling. Smith, who came on board when Dirk Cutter became the head coach in 2016 and actually engineered, led a turnaround of the Buck defense late in that opening season and got the Buccaneers in position as a team to make the playoffs. Uh, now relieved of his duties, and Mark Duffner, the linebackers coach for the Bucks, over the course of these last three years, hired by Mike Smith, has been elevated as defensive coordinator. If you're wondering, uh, Mark Duffner has extensive experience as a linebacker coach in the NFL, but also called plays as the defensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals in the early 2000s. Duffner is also the former head coach at Maryland and a former two-time National Coach of the Year at Holy Cross. So he will now be the choice to take over as the the defensive play caller and in particular this is an interesting move too because he works closely with with Quan Alexander and Levante David who are the two leaders in the middle of that defense to try to re-sculpt things and, and look it's obvious the Buccaneers have talent uh, across the board uh, on the defensive side of the ball yes there is some youth in the secondary but now you've got a different voice Different set of eyes that's going over what to call next and what to call three plays from now in the scheme and those kind of things. So 
as as Dirk Cutter has said on Monday, these changes are never easy to be made. And that's a guy that he handpicked. Keep in mind in the relationship now, Coach Coach Cutter worked for Mike Smith in Atlanta. We were in Atlanta yesterday. Mike Smith was the head coach. Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator. The Falcons very successful. Went to the playoffs multiple times in Mike Smith's tenure uh, as head coach. So uh, it's not an easy situation when you're now the head coach for Dirk Cutter and and you're having to make this move on a guy that was loyal to you in the first place uh, previously. But that is the move being made here after five games in this 2018 season. The Bucks will change it up for this week's matchup with the Browns. The Browns were pasted yesterday uh, at home by the L.A. Chargers. Phillip Rivers and company lighting them up. Baker Mayfield struggled throughout the day. Uh, did not have a touchdown pass, did throw an interception. The rookie number one overall pick, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma. So we'll get a look at the Browns for the first time since 2018 in a regular season game at Raymond James Stadium. They did play in the preseason a couple of years ago here in Tampa. So that's the matchup coming Sunday at 1 o'clock. And the Buccaneers now uh, with a fresh start on the defensive side of the ball coming this week, at least in the play-calling aspect of it with Mark Duffner uh, now calling the plays. We also wonder, and we'll learn more uh, as uh, Monday rolls on and the week rolls on about Gerald McCoy's status. He's being evaluated with that right calf injury suffered in the game on Sunday. Here's hoping that Gerald, one of the premier players on the defensive line in all of the NFL, is healthy uh, healthy enough to go Sunday against Cleveland, and if not, be back soon to help this Buccaneer team uh, get things going as uh, you try to get back to 500 this week with a game against Cleveland. We'll be on the air at noon on Buccaneers Radio with Gene, Dave, and I with the call of the game coming just after 1 Eastern time as Cleveland comes to town. Let's see if the Buccaneers keep that offense rolling, get things back together on defense. That also means we'll be back with a new episode of Nothing But Bucks next Monday after that game with the Browns. My thanks again to Steve Carney, who does a fantastic job helping me with the highlights and the interviews that you hear from Buccaneers Radio and our coverage. Jeff Ryan and everybody with Buccaneers.com making sure this podcast gets out again subscribe to the podcast via itunes and google play that way the podcast comes automatically to your device you get an alert in that regard you can also look for it on the buccaneers mobile app as well as buccaneers.com but the podcast will come to you as soon as the new edition is up just by subscribing via itunes google play etc so there you go that does it for this edition of the nothing but bucks podcast off the loss to the falcons we'll see them later on in the year in the nfc south cleveland straight ahead the brownies come to town this sunday we'll have it for you on buccaneers radio we're back next week with another edition of nothing but bucks